Hello and welcome to today's Inspiring Nurseries podcast where I will be chatting alone as money is not available about sustainability in the early year sector and my guest today, oh I'm very excited about this, my guest today are Louise and Alison. Louise is um, a nursery owner in Hove, she runs Young Friends Nursery, uh, which has also been shortlisted, if I remember correctly, as Nursery of the Year and for the Eco Early Years Awards as well. So I'm sure Louise is going to tell me a little bit more about it in a minute once I ask my lovely question from her. And Alison is our lovely Alison, our early year specialist, an educator, a consultant, a mentor and I could just carry on all day so I'm sure you will recognize her voice if you listen to any of our podcasts because she's a regular guest for us uh, but yeah let's get into today's podcast. Hello ladies again. Um, Louise, um, obviously you started on this journey of sustainability but what does sustainability look like in your nursery? How did it come about and you know tell us about the before and how it is now? Okay, that's a big question. <laughs> yes. Um, right, okie dokie. So uh, we've been on the road to sustainability since we started, really. Um, which was? Uh, which was 12 years ago. Um, but 12 years ago, we were incredibly small. We only had a few children. Um, and we've built it up since then. But we've always been um, uh, dedicated to nature. So even though we still, at the time, probably, well, at the time, we had plastic toys still in the nursery and 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 all of that stuff we had a really good garden we were teaching through nature we were visiting an allotment at the time um, we saw that the benefits of the children of visiting that allotment um, it was just a friends actually and because there was only a few children um, and we saw the benefits of that and how just children being in nature and in the outdoors in a non-structured way so you know the allotment was a bit of a mess they were like lifting things up looking at spiders like learning about composting and all that sort of thing um, and we just saw the benefits and so we brought that back to the nursery and over time um, we cut out plastic we I saw the benefits in my own children as well um, because uh, we would we were doing lots of that stuff with them um and the um and then we realized over time obviously there was more structured planning at that time now it's more in the moment planning which is which yes is, which matches up perfectly to the nature thing um but at the time it was more structured but we we saw that actually the children were um developing um in a much more positive way through the things that we were doing with nature because they were interested in them in it um uh, children are intrinsically um, at one with nature they care about nature they care about animals it doesn't matter if it's a snail or a, or a giraffe you know they they they, they care about everything. anything that moves anything that moves <laughs> and anything that, that yeah they're fascinated by the way it moves and the way it lives and and things um and so we realized over time that actually those were the more successful um ways and the and and the, those static um uh, toys and bits of equipment like some sort of garages with cars and, and you know things that actually have a, a structured um uh, structured purpose um actually didn't develop them in in, in nearly such a, uh, a a positive way so that so that's really how it started and then and then it just kicked off and just one day i just i said you know in my own life we're trying to get rid of plastic bags and we're trying to get rid of uh and as you do more and more research and realize uh how damaging the things that nurseries 
are are doing to the to, to the environment, like disposable nappies. And once you go into all the actual um, facts and figures, you you just become really uncomfortable with supporting it. And yes. so. And so I've got an amazing group of leaders and, and Alison works with me a lot now, obviously. Um, and we just question everything now. At the time we questioned a few things and we brought in a few changes. So we brought, we took away shoe covers for the parents. Then to start with, everyone was like, oh, how am I gonna come in without shoe covers? <laughs> and, you know, and, and now they've got so used to all the changes that, that, that now they just, well, they don't come in anymore, mm. but now, now they, they, they just, <laughs> It's like easier all around. Yes, uh, for that for that reason, not for other reasons. Um, and um, and yeah, they just accept everything that we're doing now because everybody realizes that uh, that it's for a good cause. And actually, doing those things as an adult and and uh, doing those cha- making those changes to the systems of you know how the nursery is run um, actually uh, feeds into the children as well. So it's not just about teaching children to be sustainable in everything they do, which we do. Um, but it's about the adults practicing what they preach and it's about the nursery practicing what it preaches. So if, if, it's, if it's completely genuine and flooded into every single aspect of, of what we do, then um, it's gonna have a really good effect on, mm. on them. Basically but, but, the ethos, isn't it? Yes, exactly, exactly. But, what, but, but with the children, what we're trying to do is, um, uh, I told you it was a big question. Now I'm just going on forever, aren't I? That's all right, go <laughs> um, What we're trying to do with the children is not just create sort of environmentally um, uh, sustainable citizens, which is what we call, which is what we call it. We're trying to create sustainable citizens. It's about all of the three pillars. So that's what um, I think Alison's going to talk about the OMEP award um, in a bit. Um, John Sarage and uh, they, they they talk about the three pillars, and that is. Uh, social, the social, the economic, and the environmental, and so that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to balance all those things. So it's about children taking care of their environment, you know, tidying up, being empathetic towards each other. All of those things creates an, a, a well-rounded person that also cares about the planet. So the idea is that when they come out the other end, they will be they'll be made out of this stuff. It's not just going to be an extra thing that they yes. do. They won't actually understand people that don't put things into the recycling they won't understand that it would it will just come completely natural to them yes but also the all the other things that we're doing by learning through their interests which is nature and all of those things also makes them really confident so they're not only going to care intrinsically about all of these things Mm -hmm. and be and be incredibly responsible and empathetic but they're also going to be confident enough to take it further take that with them to okay people that's the idea yes oh wonderful and Alison I presume that you ladies have been working together for a really long time and you have seen this transition so what do you see that was the single most or the the few of the most challenging things in this transformation I, I think what we Louise and I have worked together for for some time now, um, but what we also do is really want to share the messages with um, fellow uh, owners and managers in our area, 
And so we started up a regular um, uh, discussion, really, a support group. And, and so from that, we realised that sharing this information is really important. It's not about a unique selling point that's just for Louise. The whole message around sustainability is, is about sharing these messages. And so at every meeting, which we'd have termly, Louise would bring further ideas and, and, and solve people's problems. Um, and and so so then obviously snap was born and and louise was um very much wanted to share this with other people not just those people locally mm. in our community mm. um, and snap and is so <laughs> i meant to mention that before snap is sustainable nurseries against plastics so the the idea of snap at the moment it's a it's a it's social media at the moment uh, plus emailing and, and talking to people and consulting with people. It's, t it's turning into more and more of that because people are becoming much more interested in, and realising that, um, you know, with every, all the changes in the world, but, uh, and in particular um, COVID, but, well, not in particular COVID, but it's been definitely boosted by that. Um, people are realising that they have to be sustainable and they're realising, um, we're hoping that it's going to be put into the um, EYFS, that, but they, they, they're realising that they need to do this and that we actually, we're trying to persuade people that we owe it to these children to, 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 to show them how to be sustainable because we need them to look after their planet. And if, yes. we're not, and, and if, if education doesn't do it, i.e. nursery school, if education doesn't do it, no one's going to do it. It's just going to be an, an extra thing that they might do because their parents think that they should recycle or compost. And that's amazing. Brilliant. Do that. But really, we need to be, we need to be feeding it into every single day. So, yeah, and that's just the private individual if it's just yeah. the families. But if it comes from the government, from yeah. a structured background, it's a very yeah. different matter, and isn't it? And these children, are, uh, you know, even at such a young age, they're, they're infecting all their friends and family and they're, they're telling people and then there's, you know. So it's great. So the idea of SNAP was not to be uh, this big organisation that, that, that tells people what to do. There are a lot of those organisations mm -hmm. around and there. That's amazing. There's, you know, there's all sorts of places that do that. It was supposed to be about a ground level and is supposed to be about a ground level discussion. So we'd say, we, you know, we, we, we talk about the problems that we've had and the mistakes that we've made and the, 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 the um, alternatives that we've found to try and save people time and um, and also just to try and show people that actually it doesn't matter what sort of setting you are. It doesn't matter if you can make all these little changes. And um, and yeah, that's that. and that really does make the difference. Yeah, that's what it's about. And and it's is about is that the biggest challenge? Just trying to, you know, those who are thinking about being more sustainable, just making them, <clears throat> or seeing them, and showing them that it is possible, and you don't have to change the world in one day, yeah. but yeah. it's a process. Has that it's been the biggest that. challenge? It's it, it's about that, but it's also about the. I'd say, I'd say and Alison will probably talk, uh, agree with me that the biggest challenge has been staff, and but the thing is that we understand fully understand that we're at the top of this nursery and we we want to make changes but in other nurseries there's practitioners there's all these people that aren't at the top of the nurseries and they want to make changes but they need to persuade the people on the uh, on the top floor that are that, that have the money that then actually it's not that difficult to make changes so they need to go with them with to them with gentle small ideas otherwise they're going to say don't be silly we can't afford that don't be you know so we're not we're, we want to talk about small things that they can do to make them feel better and then places are and then we're starting to get you know all my staff have started looking at your 
um, at your Facebook page and they've got these ideas and actually we've started looking at it now and we've had quite a few managers email us say, saying that they've told them to, they've told their managers to keep an, or the owners have told their managers to keep an eye on our page, you know, because, because the things that we're doing are not, they're easily achievable. Mm. Most of them are easily achievable. Okay. Uh, and I guess this is the place where we should mention that you are both on Facebook and on Instagram, aren't you? So people can find you easy enough on social media. And is it just Snap? It's Snap for Change. Okay. So we will put that in the podcast notes anyway. Um, and what else has been the cha- Has it been a challenge? And I'm asking you, Alison, has it been a challenge in terms of parents and staff to. I th- I and, think- and I don't mean in Louise's nursery but obviously you work with many other nurseries as well so where um, they try it, to implement it it's really about that communication and and breaking things down and making them small primarily people need to have the values uh and and, that, and real goals um and that comes from within and so it, it's around how people find those messages and, and what inspires them, because, you know, you can do something very small and that still does make a difference. Um, uh, it, you know, and then that's what we really suggest is that people start off um, with the small things because everything um, really does. It, then you, you know, get gather momentum um, and, that, and that's what really makes yeah. the change. But yeah. it's primarily around communication. So we had at the beginning of uh, lockdown, the very beginning of March, we had a, um, sus- a sustainable uh, snap development day where we had lots of um, settings come and look around and so we provided them with training but we would actually show them the things that, that that Louise is providing and we would break it down and link it to the EYFS and link it to children's development as well mm-hmm. so that so that it was it was really making a difference because I found because obviously I've been working with Louise much more um, closely uh, since March and I found that children children's language level is increased their ability to to talk and engage with their peers they're much they're thinking about um each other much much more um and and as well as their you know their physical development you know it, it's not easy to play inside a great big cardboard box and then lift it over the over to the to the recycling so 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 through all of this um, Louise is really, and the children are really hitting all of the areas of the curriculum, um, and, and therefore it, it 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 really makes sense. And obviously, in many ways, it's financially more feasible, isn't it? Even though a lot of people might not look at it like that. No, they don't. They don't. And you're you're absolutely right. There are some things that you know we've got super nice. Uh, recycling boxes and and things like that but you don't you can do but generally yes the idea is that the that the uh the equipment and all of those things and, and as Alex said cardboard boxes are free so so yes the idea is and and the recycling and the going to places and getting sort of big carpet tubes and 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 cable reels and things like that there it'd be in inside of them yeah they, the idea is that, that it's sustainable economically as well as sustainable um, environmentally 
yeah. I think the be the best thing that Louise has done is in invest in some real core resources mm. that are not only going to last a long, long time, but they're also uh, they're very open ended. So um, not only is Louise's continuous provision really um, 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 clear and meaningful for for the staff and for the children, mm -hmm. but but we seed the environment with some with some great resources. Uh, Louise has gone through the um, working with schema play pedagogy. So that means that we look at children's interests uh, far more mm. and seed the environment with loose parts and open-ended um, items to, to, to really ensure that children really learn through their play, which is another element of uh, obviously sustainability because we want these children to be able to have a great foundation to, to, to learn and develop and have that confidence when they go to school. Mm. So, so that alongside um, the other award that Louise did, which was the OMEP award, um, that's the Early Childhood Sustainable C Citizenship Award. Th those two things have really closely linked yeah to um to the to the curriculum that louise provides yeah. so things like blocks um outside because she's got invested in those fantastic outlast blocks from community playthings mm. um and and pickler pick pick triangle yeah. um which we we've, we've looked at as well very closely so so children really benefit from resources that are not only sustainable, they're very open-ended. Mm. And so there's not a high turnover of lots yeah. of items. Again, that saves Louise yeah. money, although she's invested in it. Yeah. Um, it, it, it so there's a careful balance between the continuous provision, uh, uh, upcycled, and, up, and, and quite a lot of that is has been new stuff that we've bought, that's, that, that we've invested in, that will last forever. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, so there's that, there's that, and then there's the secondhand upside <clears throat> stuff, um, and then there's the transient nature stuff. That's that the transient na nature equipment, which is constantly, um, you know, constantly being turned over. So 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 that's coming in and out all of the time, and the rest of it stays in the nursery all the time. So yes, as a whole, um, but obviously those things have been done gradually haven't mm, they but mm. as a as a whole yes it is much more economically viable so when children come here they play with very different things sometimes mm. when when we do show rounds parents are looking for those traditional uh plastic toys uh, mm. and we we talk to them about why those toys aren't here um we know that those you know those toys are at home they come at they come at christmas and children have lots of opportunities to play with those at home but when they're here they play with very very different resources mm. um, and that challenges them because mm. uh, obviously some of those things can be a challenge but it also provides real benefit mm. so um, what when parents are seeing risk in in the loose parts and in the items that Louise is providing in the, in that continuous provision um, we see real benefits so we talk to parents about that and <laughs> um, uh, and they begin to then th really think about what they've got at home too and think actually you're absolutely right we do need to play <laughs> it's all away, get a load of leaves. Exactly. <laughs> we, we really need children to play in a very yeah. different way the thing is that, that at home and this is what we talk to parents about a lot at home you do want you know you've got a flat or you've got this that and you do want your child to be sitting nice and safe over there playing with that thing 
for a while. We're encouraging them to move, take things from one place to another. Actually, this this would be great in the garden, wouldn't it? Off you go then. Let's go into the. You don't want your child at home to be moving around all that time and doing all. But we're but we're trying to provide something, and also they're obviously at home. They've got all these nice toys. They've got iPads. They've got all of this stuff. And what we're doing here, even though we're in an urban environment, which we are, it's it's built up. All of these children have got all of these things at home. So we're just we're trying to provide something that's the complete opposite to that. Um, and, uh, and but it's and, also just everything that's around us, isn't it? Even yeah, if we are yeah. in an urban area, you will have a park near you, yes. so yes. your children will be, you know, acquainted with the park. Yes. They will know what to expect. You just bring everything closer. Yes. Um, so, for example, um, you know, we we talk about the things that are local and here. So there was a whole, you know, half a day discussion around slug eggs, for example. Yeah. And and children. We had to pretend to like them. At, oh, <laughs> children were absolutely completely fascinated. Loads of conversation. Yes, loads of loads of their own research. Mm. Um, they were making houses for those slug eggs. Yeah. Um, and and children were making nests. And this is all. And it actually, it's a reason. So we had the same thing. It, it, we had the same thing with the spot. Someone, yeah. a, a child, because they're looking at things so much more closely. Their observation skills are amazing. Yeah. So you and know, research. out in out, yeah, and their research. So we've got a room now that we've dedicated and off the garden, which is just muddy and whatever, and it, it's it's sheltered and it's full of uh, investigation books of, of things that pictures of things that they'll find in our garden, not in a different, you know, in yes. our garden that they will find and they'll be able to, we used to do it on an iPad and have a have an app, but we decided to get rid of that because we thought it's so easy, isn't it? Just to take a picture and then it comes up what it's, so we, so we have books and things to do that. But these children, like for example, the frogs, we found frogs in our, in our um, uh, water butt, it wasn't a pond it was a water butt and then there was this great big discussion about how are we gonna how are they gonna get out well we're gonna have to make them a a, a ladder to get out and you know and then the next morning the parents were saying those children couldn't wait to come in and find out whether the frogs had managed to get out or, <laughs> or, or do you think that they, the spiders had its babies yet and, and and all that stuff it's get honestly it's getting them here it's, it's brilliant yeah isn't it? they get so yeah. excited it's so yeah. amazing yeah um and in terms of sustainability and you know, if I am, let's just look at it that I am a nursery manager and let's say I have a, a lead in how we design a brand new nursery. Uh, what are those small two tips from each of you that I could make Yes. to to be more sustainable, to make it part of the nursery's ethos? Um, two uh, each. Okay, my first one. <laughs> she knows we'll go on forever, doesn't she? That's the thing. <laughs> two. You're only allowed two. My first one is to put it all into all the policies and procedures and to make sure that all the staff that you're starting off with know exactly what is ex expected of them on the way in. One of the most difficult things has been battling against people's, you know, they, 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 they don't live like that at home. So, you know. So no, and they aren't used to it necessarily. No. They're not used to it and they're trying really, really hard. And actually we are really getting there with these amazing staff now. We really, they're, they're, they're amazing, but it has been a long road. Mm -hmm. um, so, so putting those things into place and, um, and I suppose with strong the, ethos. Yeah. To have a really massively strong ethos and for me, to make sure that everybody is on board with that. Mm. Yes. Mm. Is that one or two? Okay. 
soon. That's two. Ethos and policy and procedures. Okay, yeah. Alison? And so it, it's great because all of that does really thread through supervision in, in Louise's discussions with the team. So so all of that works really well. My work, first one would be uh, around communicating all of that and making sure that you, you constantly re reinforce that, um, which is really important. Um, and, and communicating with parents and, and telling them about... Um, what to what to help their children with at home, which was something that was uh, came out of the OMET Bronze Awards. Yeah. Were, were lots of great at home ideas. So it would be you know maybe buy a torch and talk about the batteries have run out. Maybe get some um, batteries that are recycled. So so communicating recharge. and, and rechargeable. Yes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Uh, communicating um, that with that home learning would be my first one. And the second one would be look at all your resources and make sure that they're, they're here to last, make sure that they're open-ended uh, and, and, we're very creative in early years. And, you know, if we look at a cardboard box, honestly, there's the seven areas of learning right there um, and, and hours and hours of, of, of fun. Uh, Entertainment entertainment children yeah. really beginning in the zone yeah. fixing it with the tape that's around i think so with, with gosh I, just, I know i'm only allowed to but i just want to add <laughs> you get one more teacher so <laughs> um and what i want to add to that is that we um have taken away all our sessions so we don't have like messy time good morning time all of that stuff we um uh, use the entire day to teach a child to be sustainable so the tidying up after lunch, the fixing of the books, the, the, you know, every single, the recycling, the composting, we don't get something out of the way to do something else. Everything is a learning opportunity. So it doesn't matter if they've taken two hours to tidy up, to yeah. set something up, to, 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 you know, put the boxes in the recycling and get some, you know, it doesn't matter because a child um, doesn't need to do that. And I think people put these uh, preconceptions onto children. They need bright colored paint. They need bright colored toys. They need this and that. They don't, they don't. I think people need to, people need to understand that children are actually, you need to have higher expectations of them than that. We don't need to just give them something and put them still. And, and they, they, they're, they're perfectly capable of, you know. Being in charge of their own learning. Absolutely. Oh yes, they, they can be very decisive, can't they? Yeah. I know what I want and this is the way it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, let's come back to probably this is going to be my last question because we need to talk about the future. So it goes to both of you on where you see the early year sector and sustainability heading in the next five years. So um, unfortunately, we don't have that that word sustainability in the EYFS. Uh, we have at the new, moment. At the moment, well, we have a new EYFS that's out uh, in September, and and it's mm -hmm. not in there. It's not a reflection of there. But yeah. what we do have is um, guidance to support it that's non-statutory. So we don't have to follow the guidance, um, um, this non-statutory guidance, and and so some of that information that's coming out around um, development matters or birth to, to five matters that is coming out to, we'll, we'll really specifically, we'll really focus on, on some of those aspects of sustainability. Um, we, we know that we need children to, um, you know, really take care of our future and we need uh, children that are creative, 
um, have lots of opportunity to solve problems, but also more importantly, really work together. Um, um, and because that's what, what, what really helps. And that's what, you know, that's what solves the problems of the world. If you work together and you, if you respect each other and if you really understand each other. So, so we'll be following a, a, a guide, a non-statutory guidance that has more elements of sustainability in it. Um, okay, and now over to you, Louise, um, in terms of sustainability, where do you see the early year sector heading in the next five years? And we can talk about SNAP, we can talk about... Yeah, I mean, I think, as, as Alison said, it's not, it's not mentioned in the EYFS as yet, but I think that um, people are certainly starting to feel their sense of responsibility, and it is... Um, snowballing now we feel mm. so we think that there's going to be lots of opportunity to um, consult with other nurseries which we really want to do um, to have big training sessions um, and and to uh, start to relate the EYFS to um, a natural pedagogy and a, and, and, and sustainability um, I it's it's I mean people are stopping using glitter I mean I don't think that mm. there's you know people are st stopping the basics which obviously we did ages ago but but, but people are soft, people are realizing now that one of the massive things that we'd love to um, promote is the, is the washable nappy thing because that is a, a massive cause of, of landfill um, every single week. Um, we think it's getting there. It needs a bigger push. And with people like John Savage Blatchford, mm -hmm. um, we, you know, and, and Lynette Brock, they're, they're really, really on top of it and really pushing for the, you know, birth to five matters yeah. and, and, and yeah. all of that. So... It, it's getting there and it i needs, presume am i wrong to think that it's parent-led as well because parents are becoming you know one when you're not a parent as a single individual before you decide to become a parent you might not care about the future and the sustainability as much but when you become a parent you look yeah. at things like how do i want it for my child so do you see that happening Absolutely. as well do you see a lot of parent-led yes uh, say that again yeah, plant-based. Yes, yeah. yeah, we're completely plant-based now. Um, the uh, yes, and I think the minute that a parent hears their child say something like, "Don't do that, Mum," we 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 you know, or let's get those loose apples and not those ones in plastic. Why? Because and they understand why. Once a parent just hears one little comment like that from their child, or just a choice that they've made, or on, they, they, it means so much to them and then they're fully on board and uh, and actually because we've been doing this and it's not we haven't been fully sustainable for an, a, a long amount of time but it's it's very quickly um come around that the parents are, are incredibly supportive it doesn't take long for it to happen to start with people thought oh why you do that's just an inconvenience why why haven't we got you know why are you getting rid of nappy sacks why are you getting rid of this that and the other it's annoying now they're seeing the massive benefits in their children and mm. they're and they're actually realizing oh i didn't didn't realize i wanted my child to be so aware of but actually that's actually a really big thing for me now because because our parents are now telling other parents who are coming to us and um but yes that's that's a, a very big thing mm -hmm. yes and do you reckon that let's say in five years time the majority of the nurseries will have moved towards being let's yeah. say at least 50 percent more sustainable 
Yeah, yes. I, I think this has real yeah. been a real opportunity for us to really think about not only ourselves, but in a real opportunity yeah. so that we can really think about what we are providing yeah. for children. Yeah. The disapplications in the EYFS allowed us to think primarily around safeguarding, but it also allowed us to think about well-being yeah. as well. And uh, and everything that Louise is doing and providing here is primarily driven by children's well-being mm. and the well-being of our community and the well-being of staff and the well-being of, of you know the wider context as well mm. and so that's and um, we have seen that uh, actually language has increased physical mm. skills have increased mass has increased literacy has increased and that's all um, hugely beneficial for children so through this we're really providing a curriculum that's uh, not only nature-based it, it's based in it, around sustainability as well. So let me ask this one question. Do you think that uh, the curriculum or the early years um, guidance is going to change in the next five years because there's going to be a catapult, as you have said, and that might be parent-led, that might be just led by the economy mm. or just the children? I think, I think, I think naturally... Um, people are thinking about their businesses at, at this time, primarily, obviously, um, and and they they're really looking around at investing in their staff because it's costly to to keep advertising, uh, and they're really looking at. Um, um, nurturing the staff that they've got with continued professional development. We are uh, we are moving towards uh, the things that we provide for children. We need them to be um, very open-ended. And so naturally we, we see much more higher levels and, and better outcomes. And, and we should be driven by that. Uh, primarily, mm. um, which, which is, which is really important. Yeah. I, th I think that I, I think that whatever the EYFS says when, you know, I think, yes, I think that people are going to start shouting about it a bit more mm. because they have to, but you know, they're, 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 it's unbelievable that, that sustainability hasn't been mentioned. And, um, uh, and it's, it's so obvious to us how, first of all, beneficial, but second of all, completely 100% essential that mm. these children are learning to be sustainable and to you know, the, the, and, and and all of the the, the the confidence skills and everything that they're gaining, um, it's it's essential and I just don't understand why why it wouldn't be in there. And yes, I think that it's going to snowball so much. You know, just from the comments that we're getting and the and and, and it started off, uh, however, whenever we started snap uh, two two years ago, mm -hmm. it started off as small little comments, and now it's like. Hang on a minute. I've spoken to my manager. Can you come and talk to us? You know, and that and the 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 the, the requests and they're they're getting heavier and they're getting bigger and I think that that's going to carry on definitely mm. and and, um, and get more and more absolutely. We have well, I think. Well, I think the only thing I can say is that it's amazing to have interviewed the pioneers of sustainability in nurseries. It is amazing and it is such a necessary and crucial change and it's going to happen, so you might as well embrace it. Yeah, absolutely. I hope you all agree. So thank you very much for doing this interview and this podcast with me. I hope our nursery managers and everybody who listened to this podcast enjoyed it as much as I did. And I very much uh, hope to talk to you again in 2021, see how you guys are getting on. And I wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Oh
Goodness. <laughs> and to wow. you. Thanks so Thank much. Thank you so much. It's been lovely to talk to you.